it's that time again. It's time to dive headfirst into all that good, good, spooky stuff with your friends Taylor and Becca. Hey, it's me. I'm Taylor. We're going to be talking about scary movies that we watched as children that aren't technically scary, but upon rewatching them as adults, we realized how horrifying they were. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. There's a, there's a good bunch. We apparently liked some stuff that was pretty, uh... Yikes. Yeah. <laughs> Watching as adults being like, how do... Why did my parents let me watch this? I don't know. I don't know. I still love all of them. It's just a lot of them are... I can understand why why some people are not a big fan of some of these. I mean, yours are actually, like, good movies. Mine are garbage that are just terrifying. Yeah, terrifying terrifying garbage. <laughs> mm-hmm. We'll get to that, how much Taylor <laughs> did not... Did not want to do any sort of research on Becca's Becca's stuff. Ugh. I I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how to describe. I don't know how to explain myself. Uh, yours is on YouTube, so everybody get get ready for Becca's wild ride. Get ready. I'm gonna provide some links, and you're gonna <laughs> click them. I know you are. Don't do Your it. Your curiosity it it's peaked. Save yourself. Ugh. See, you shuddered a little bit. You know. In your heart of hearts, you know. Yeah, whatever. You go first. Me? Oh, man. I don't even know where to start. Probably one of my favorite movies when I was a little kid, like, that we would rent almost every time I stayed at my grandma's house, which was, like, every other weekend, was Return to Oz, which I think came out in, like, 1985 or, like, mid to late 80s. And that was a thing I kind of ran into. A lot of these that I like were made before I was born, but they were geared towards kids. So I don't even know like exactly how my parents or my grandparents ended up getting them for me. Because I feel like by the time I really started watching them, they were almost like 10 years old. So it's sort of like a, how did this get here? Who found this? There were really obscure movies that they would have at... um at like video rental places especially kid movies kid movies are weirdly obscure from that time period i don't know why you forget them you grow up and you're just like did anyone else watch this one movie and you like kind of try to describe it and no one else recognizes it and you start to wonder like was it real was it a real movie that i saw or did i just make it up i had that experience with one of mine and i will explain how i found out that it was not a hallucination or something (laughs) i made up in my mind it could have been Oh, God. (laughs) Uh, But mine was Return to Oz, which it does, like, take place after the movie from the 30s, but it's not technically a sequel. Like, it's not made by the same people, and it has a very different tone, but I just... (laughs) Yeah. It's an understatement. (laughs) A very different tone, but I just... I ate it up as a kid. Like, every single weekend, we would get it, and it was always there because no one else liked it until... At some point, we went to go pick it up, and someone, I guess, had rented it and lost it, and since we were the only ones who ever ever rented it, I don't think they restocked it, and we tried to get, like, a different one, some, like, animated Return to Oz, some animated baby bullshit, not my beautiful Feruzabalk pumpkin head man and weird gump. TikTok. I know, TikTok. 
Belina. It was so good. But Return to Oz is, like, it's afterwards, and Dorothy is played by, like, an actual, like, child instead of, you know, a, a teenager to adult woman. It's supposed to take place six months after she got back from Oz, and she won't stop talking about it, and she's having trouble sleeping and, you know, trying to convince people that it's real. But her family is, like, obviously, like, something happened to her in the tornado, and she's, you know, upset. And so they end up actually sending her to a, like, a mental institution, and they are going to do shock treatments on her. (laughs) And in the same fashion as the first movie, like, people she sees in the hospital end up being people that she sees when she ends up in Oz again. But some of them are really creepy, like, um... She runs into uh, these things called wheelers, which, like, if you don't like crawling things, which I don't, I think they would probably be kind of, like, bother you, but it's just these guys that instead of legs, they, like, go around on all fours, but their feet and hands are wheels, and they've got these kind of, like, stringy, sort of, like, weird hair, and these masks that, like, sit on top of their heads, so when they look down, it looks like it's their face, but then they look up and they've got a real face. And they just, they make this weird squeaking sound because of the wheels. And it's actually, it's the guy who is pushing her gurney on the way to uh, having the treatment done. And I thought that was, I didn't pick up on that when I was little, but then when I rewatched it as an adult, I was like, that's, I see what you did there. That's creepy. Nice. Spooky. And then like the, the nurse doctor lady who, you know, was showing her around the hospital and like put her in her room and everything um, is a lady called Princess Mombi who has like a hallway of heads of like women that she like swaps out. And oh, there's this one part where Dorothy like walks in or she's trying to sneak around or she drops something and Mommy turns around, but she doesn't have the head on. It's got that kind of creepy old special effect where obviously the person's head is like inside like this fake like shoulder piece kind of thing. But the way they turn is so jerky and then they start like running at her and all of the heads are like screaming at her. Oh God, I hate that part. It's so scary. I still love it as an adult, but I just like stare at it in disbelief when I'm like, like four-year-old me, five-year-old like, age range, Taylor was into this. Like, what was wrong with me? And they made it for kids. Like, they got some criticism that it was way too dark, and it did flop like it made no money and was kind of, like, panned as... I can't remember if it was, like, a critical failure. Like, people were like, it's more true to the books, but, you know, the times are changing, and maybe kids aren't into... Uh, headless princesses and, you know... Demonic-wheeled men? Yeah. Screaming? Yeah. Yeah, no. But it had its sweet moments. It had instead of the... Because they kind of had it, like, swapped out, like, still had stuff similar to the first movie. So instead of the scarecrow, you had Jack Pumpkinhead, who is, like, this big scarecrow man, and he's got a pumpkin for a head, and he's just real sweet, and he's like, are you my mom? And he calls Dorothy mom the whole time, which is just... Oh, God, I forgot how much I love him. (laughs) He's so cute, the whole movie. uh, Well, then, like, when he's scared, he's like, mom. He's just... (laughs) Mom. I don't know. He was sweet. Like, that was kind of... I mean, I like him, but again, people were like, these characters, like, it's hard to tell who's the good guy and the bad guy based on 
the way they look because they all look kind of strange. Like instead of, you know, a normally proportioned Tin Man, you have the Royal Army of Oz TikTok, who is this kind of round, he's got the little like mustache and like he's just kind of like a little robot man. He's not like scary or anything, but he moves in kind of a weird like waddling way instead of dancing and singing. And the Gump, who is, I guess, supposed to be, like, the Cowardly Lion? I don't know what the Gump is supposed to be. It's literally, like, a moose head that's been animated, and they strap it to the front of a sofa. Oh, I forgot about that. And he's just like, I'm I'm Gump. I'm the Gump. I'm the Gump. And I just... He and he flies. Like, they can ride on him for some reason. I think it's been a, a minute since I've watched it. I should have done it before this one, but... And then instead of Toto, they've got a talking chicken named Belina. Oh, I liked Belina. Yeah, she was sassy. And then instead of, you know, the witches or whatever, they've got Princess Mombi, who's bad, the wheelers. And then they've got the Gnome King, who's like the real ultimate bad guy, who is ultimately defeated because Belina gets scared and lays an egg in his mouth. Oh, yeah. And eggs are poison to gnomes, which I guess they mention in the books. And they're poisonous because they come from the outside world, which is still kind of a shoddy explanation. But for some reason, like, that's just, that's what helps resolve everything at the end of the movie is he's allergic, or not allergic, it's poison to gnomes. And they win. Thanks, Belina. Great job. And Belina (laughs) decides to stay in Oz when it's all done, which I was kind of like, I mean, I get it. I guess, because she can talk and has agency and gets to do whatever she wants instead of just being, you know, Dorothy's favorite chicken. I mean, other than just, like, the scary parts about, you know, obviously, like, these kind of scary creatures and stuff like that, I mean, just the beginning set up alone, the fact that they're gonna, you know, try and, like, shock these memories out of her, and there's all these implications that, like, you know, people have had bad stuff happen to them, like, um, the, the doctor who's in charge, who's actually the Gnome King guy, is obsessed with, like, his machines and all of that. Which, TikTok is supposed to be the electrocuting machine, which I thought was kind of strange, because TikTok is good in Oz, but the machine is not good mm-hmm. in real life. But, you know, there's, like, a, a big storm that comes up, and there's, a like, a pale little girl that like comes in and is like Dorothy I'll get you out of here and then they fall in a river and you assume the other girl drowns and like it's just like very very dark but you know I guess baby Taylor was into that because I ate it up and I still love it and I I if I was like a master sewer I would love to do like, a princess mommy cosplay, because her dress has, like, these kind of, like, curved, like, spikes that, like, go off the shoulders backwards into, like, a cool kind of, like, cape thing. Like, it's really ornate and awesome, and she's bad, but her character design was super-duper cool. I don't know. That's a common thing with kids, like, um, because, I mean, I remember I watched it and enjoyed it, and it's creepy as hell, but... I remember listening to part of Patton Oswalt's new uh, comedy stand-up piece that came out uh, right before, I think, his his late wife passed. 
or maybe it was the day after. I don't remember. Either way, he talks about his daughter and how um, they're getting ready for bed and she's watching this this like little videotape that's about like oh i've got bones in your body and it's like a skeleton and he's talking about like oh this is your this and that and she's laughing and like singing along with the song and then um somehow like i guess the remote got flipped or something and it changed to like this really horrible scary like werewolf movie or something and um and she like her eyes got wide and then he changed it back to the skeleton thing and she kept singing and it was fine and then later that night, he's like, oh, she's gonna, she's gonna have a nightmare about that werewolf. It's gonna be so bad. I'm already ready for her to come into the room. It's gonna be fine. And like, she runs in, ah, she's crying. And it's because he's like, what, what's the matter? And she's like, there's a skeleton in my body. <laughs> it's like, you never know what kids are actually going to be scared of. Yeah, I was trying to look it up beforehand. I know this was supposed to be like a research free episode, but I can't help it. I just, <laughs> I was like, what is like, what are kids actually scared of? Like, how often do kids watch movies that we think are going to be way too dark for them and they love it? But then they're actually scared of other things. And I didn't find too much on, like, the movies part. But it is, like, stuff like that, you know, that's... You don't know what's going to freak them out. There was a lady talking about how her daughter was, like, obsessed with being poisoned to the point that, like, you know, if she got lipstick accidentally, like, in her mouth from, like, her mom kissing her on the face or got, like, you know, crayon or Play-Doh or something in her mouth would just, like, have a full-on tantrum. And she's like, I mean, it's not an unreasonable fear to worry about being poisoned, but, like, why does my, you know, my, like, three- or four-year-old worried about this? It's kind of creepy. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, there is a skeleton in your body, and if you're lucky, it'll never see the outside. Yeah, she was afraid it was going to come outside of her body. And hang out with her? I guess I it was I just thought it was so funny that it was like she's been singing and dancing and enjoying it and then that's what she's like all of a sudden realized oh my god it's that child's wisdom she's she sees through it and she's like how did it get out whose skeleton is that where's your body where's your skin it's gonna come outside yeah no but kids kids what's uh what's your your number one most terrible movie. I have no idea what it could be. I'm on the edge of my seat. Well, it's not that I like it. Jesus. You loved um, it. I loved it as a kid, but I mean, it's not like I sit and watch it all the time now. I don't know that. <laughs> Mine was Raggedy Ann and Andy, A Musical Adventure. It's from 1977, and it is a live-action slash animated musical fantasy film. And it is horrifying. (sighs) Basically, it tells the story of this little girl's, like, toys, which includes Raggedy Ann and Andy. Like, they come to life, and there's this whole thing about this new doll that she gets. Marcella gets a new doll, and its name is Babette, and it thinks it's real, and then it goes off on a ship somehow i don't remember the plot it's super like trippy psychedelic to the point where the people who made this film were definitely on drugs definitely definitely on drugs and the most horrifying part is what's his name the greedy oh greedy the greedy he's a gluttonous this is from the wikipedia a gluttonous 
blob-like monster presumably made of taffy who constantly gorges himself on all manner of confections yet is never full while singing about the plight of never being happy despite his unending consumption he reveals that the only thing that could satisfy him is a sweetheart presumably a romantic partner but he decides that the candy heart raggedy ann has sewn up inside her would do just as well okay so this doesn't sum up how horrifying he is because they're they fall into this pit and he's inside of the pit like his entire body takes up the pit he's just this big blob of like candy and stuff and he's eating himself the entire time like he's singing and he keeps getting like audibly like (coughs) and then he talks some more because he's busy eating himself is he talking he's singing isn't he he's singing and talking Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. he has a song about his sweetheart that he needs to be happy (sighs) and then he tries to eat them i just something about like i'm not a huge fan of like stop motion animation and something about the style in which this is animated because one time becca forgot that she's my friend and she showed this to me and now i hate it and i'm sad that i had to watch it because it's really like upsetting and like unnerving it's very uncanny something about it is it just makes your skin crawl it's I'm mad at them for making this. Like, did they make it to sell Raggedy Ann and Andy? Like, was this kind of like that other weird doll movie, the Hug-A-Bunch or whatever? Like, where they're trying to sell something? And so they're like, let's make this terrible, horrible movie that baby Becca's gonna love. She's gonna love it. Um, ooh, I have never read the thing about the production. I'm gonna read it. Okay, so originally Abe... Levitow was to direct the film and Williams, who ended up directing it, was only an animation supervisor. However, when Levitow became ill and eventually died, Williams reluctantly became director. He clashed with the producers over many aspects of the film, including the multitude of musical numbers and weak character development. Despite his misgivings, the producers forbade him to cut a single scene. The movie went over time and budget, and he was removed at the end so the film could be released at time on time. Apparently, the music was composed by Joe Rapasso, a longtime musical director of Sesame Street and The Electric Company. What's The Electric Company? I think it was a 1970s TV show. Uh, Yeah, this was The Electric Company was an American educational children's television series from 1972 to 1975 or 76. Well, what did you learn? What did you learn from... Raggedy Ann and Andy's uh, Nightmare Town train adventure. What's the real name of it? A musical adventure? A musical adventure, sorry. (laughs) Nightmare Town adventure? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that is kind of what it was. What did I learn? Mm. Like, what was the the point of it? Um, I have no idea. Probably something about don't marry someone who wants to kill you and eat you. That's sound advice. (laughs) feel like that's pretty legitimate. Ugh, but I'm sure we can can include a, a YouTube video on that one, because boy, how Taylor won't watch it, no, but I won't. you should. I won't. At least watch the greedy part, because it will give you nightmares. If that's what I you want. I love you guys. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, <laughs> Becca. Way to show our, our viewers that they are appreciated by making them watch this monstrosity. Mm-hmm. It's nightmare fuel for the rest of your life. Mm. 
um, I was going to say one of the other ones that I really liked as a kid that I think did scare more kids. It wasn't as popular with other kids as something like Oz might have been, but was uh, E.T. I loved E.T. I watched E.T. until my tape broke in half. I would just watch it and rewind it and watch it again and rewind it again. And just all day, every day, I loved that weird little steak monster. His head looks like a T-bone steak, and I love it. A.T. scared me as a kid. Man, I I loved it, and I went a really long time without watching it. Like, I feel like I watched it a few times in college, and then they had a midnight showing of it a couple, like, maybe a few months ago, and I went with Mark, and he had never seen it, um, and, uh, I remember at one point he turned to me and was just like, what, what the hell? You liked this? And I'm just like, it's, it's beautiful. And then like cried for a good chunk of the movie because I have a lot of feelings. I don't know. I mean, there is a lot of imagery in that that's, that's pretty scary. You got like the weird spaceman coming into the house. Um, E.T. himself uh, with his weird like wig in his walk when he's dressed up as a doll when they're trying to hide him. They're, like, zooming over the closet full of stuffed animals, and his little precious face is just, like, sitting in there, kind of staring, and the mom doesn't pick up that it's him and just leaves. Uh, The fact that for, like, the first 20 minutes of the movie, all you see of him is his creepy little long hand, like, reaching out and grabbing candy. (sighs) Reese's Pieces. Mm, Yeah, anytime I watch this movie, I just want a bag of Reese's Pieces. I wish I had brought one with me to the theater. That would have been very poetic. Ugh, I just... I don't know. I don't know why I liked it so much as a kid. Like, I liked aliens and stuff like that, and I I don't say I had, like, a big interest in scary stuff, since I didn't consider it scary, but I don't know. I really, really liked it, and then... Uh, by the time I got to probably middle school was when I started to realize how many other people, like, super de-duper did not like E.T. at all. Like, to a phobia, not just like, I haven't really seen it, or I didn't watch it because it wasn't really for kids. No, it was people just being like, no, I have nightmares about him and I don't want to talk to him or you. Goodbye, Taylor. But I love it, and I think it's a good movie. No comment. <laughs> I mean, do you, like, was there anything you remember about it that was, like, really scary to you, or you just don't like E.T. in general? Because I feel like when you see movies as a kid, there's usually, like, a scene or two that, like, sticks out to you that you're just like, I don't know, I just remember, blah, 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 and I hate it. It was definitely the part with all the people coming into the house to, like, with all the the hallways and the, the suits and all that but also i just his little body really freaked me out like his long like long long fingers grossed me out and um i don't know i just i remember as a kid being like why do people think this is cute it's not cute it's scary remember the part when he got drunk no elliot has to go to school and he's like stay be good and et's like be good and then at some point during the day, he goes downstairs and starts, like, watching TV. And then he opens up the fridge and he starts drinking beer and he gets really drunk. And I don't know if you remember this part of the movie, but Elliot and E.T. start to have, like, a, like some kind of, like, mind connection. So, like, whatever happens to E.T. happens to Elliot and vice versa. 
And so Elliot is at school and it's the day where they're supposed to be dissecting the frogs and Elliot is drunk. And that's when he frees all the frogs and he's he's a drunk boy. Are you sure that's not from Mac and me? It, I absolutely do not believe it's from Mac and me because unfortunately I have seen Mac and me almost as recently as I have seen E.T. And it's a monstrosity in its own ways. I I loved Mac and me as a kid and I hate it now. I had to watch it and I want my life back. You can't have it back. Damn it. Mm-mm. But I love E.T., and I, I guess I get why people are scared of him. I think it's just the way he he looks, I guess, but I don't know if the movie itself actually scared people or if it was just seeing it as kids. It was it was spoopy. I don't know. The only movie that is that scared me as a kid that I still really love is um, The Dark Crystal. The Skeksis scared the hell out of me. Like, they're... Not just... I don't know the way they look, the, the like, cut their faces and the way their hands are and the way, I remember the part where, um, they suck the life, like, juice out of the little, um, what are they called? It's not the gelflings. What are the little, the little dudes, the little muppeties? Podlings? Something like that. Yeah, they suck the juice out of them and, and that part where they, like, they're hypnotized by the crystal and then they just get all, like shriveled and wizened and it's just that messed me up as a kid but now I watch it and I'm like oh so creepy so good no I didn't see that until I was probably in like the fifth grade and it didn't it didn't scare me but I did like it I thought it was cool I remember I was really upset at the end when she gets stabbed I was like this is a child's movie I am 10 you can't stab someone in my movie and a girl like, I was really upset by the a idea girl? that they stabbed a, a girl just because I was still at that point where I was like, we're delicate and we cannot be stabbed in a movie. You never see women get stabbed in a movie, in a child's movie. Never mind, Kira was like a super badass the whole movie. She was. I, when I saw it as an adult, I was like, you can stab, she'll be fine. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Give her give her a little stab. A little stabby stab. Give her the poke. <laughs> that one, it did creep me out, like, when I watched it. As an adult, and the part where the really old Skeks—is it Skeskik? Skeskik? Skeksis. Skeksis. Whenever he died, and he just like turns to dust, but he doesn't turn to dust in like a very graceful way. He just uh, no. gets super gross. Whatever. I was like, oh, ba- babies. Did baby see this? Did baby Taylor see this? And I just forgot about it because this is kind of kind of gruesome. Honestly, the way they look reminds me of, like, when you see close-ups, close-up shots in, like, hoarders' houses, and they show, like, a bunch of cat fur and dust that's been, like, like, there's just piles and piles and layers of it on a windowsill. That's kind of what Skeksis remind me of, and when he, like, crumbled, it reminded me of that. Like, there's, like, weird hair and dust, and it's just disgusting. I was really worried you were going to say that, like, in Hoarders, when they're like, well, I haven't seen Fluffy in about six months. And oh, then they God, do, I hate that. Like, a close-up on a bunch of, like, fur. And you're like, Fluffy? 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 I feel so bad for all those animals. That's the real scary stuff. Yep. Animal Hoarders. Ugh. But anyways, um, and then the final movie that I have is The Hug-A-Bunch. The Hug a Bunch. 
I watched it as a kid and it frightened me. I didn't love it. It frightened me. I thought that I had, like, hallucinated it or it was a nightmare that my Raggedy Ann and Andy adult mind had come up with. But uh, then we were at a, what was it, like a antique shop in Denton in, like, 2008, I think. They had a bunch of, like, vintage toys. And lo and behold, there it was. It was one of the Hug-A-Bunch dolls. Becca's worst fear come to life. My nightmare. I was like, oh my god, I didn't make it up. It's real. I just wish you'd like grab someone by the collar and been like, are you seeing this? (laughs) Do you see that? Can you see a doll there? Like, yeah. Do you want it? Uh, No. How dare you? They're horrifying. I implore you, please look them up. Watch watch the uh, commercial. Look up the dolls. They were apparently a 1980s toy line from Kenner and Parker Brothers and Hallmark. And they decided to make this really shitty movie. And the premise of the movie is... I don't even remember. Um, oh, okay. A girl travels through her mirror into Huggaland, which is where all the Hug-A-Bunch kids live. And, like, when when you imagine them, imagine, like, Cabbage Patch dolls mixed with, like... A goblin and a demon, but pink. And uh, she goes into Huggaland, like to find a way to keep her grandmother from going to a um, like retirement home or something. Or yeah, to keep her young because she's worried she's gonna die. Real talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of a dark premise. I really don't remember the plot much beyond that, but the hug a bunch kids talk and move. And are fucking horrifying. So, if you want to have nightmares, just look that up. Does she save her grandma? Uh, I think in the end, she she's trying to get, like, a youth serum or something from this witch. Trying to get some of Angelica's booty juice? Yeah, Angelica's booty juice. And in the end, I think her grandma's like, getting old's just a part of life. And she's like, I love you, grandma. And the little girl cannot act. Like, for beans, she can't act. But the other horrifying thing is she finds out about the Hug-A-Bunch because they appear to her in her mirror. Like, she's standing in the mirror doing something, and then one of them is sitting on her bed, talking to her through the mirror. And, like, just that premise alone is horrifying to me. And then all of a sudden there's, like, six of them on her bed. And she turns around and they're not there. And then she looks back in the mirror and they're there. And you're just like, this is, how is this not nightmare fuel? Why did you guys think these dolls are cute? They're not cute. They're fucking terrifying. They look like Chucky mixed with Cabbage Patch doll, mixed with Goblin, and a demon. It's, they're, no, no, no. What kind of, like, childlike wonder did they think, like, do kids, if they see someone in a mirror, are they just totally down with it? Because me as an adult, I know, would just back away and close the door and leave my house, and never come back. Mm-hmm. But I guess this kid is just, yeah, this is fine. Yeah, I'll let them hug me. I'm gonna come through the mirror. Let's go. But, like, do Hot real dog. kids, like, I know movie kids are apparently cool with it, but is this based on real children? If I had seen that as a kid, would I have been cool with that? Is this historically accurate? It's 1985. They still didn't know what children thought or did. <laughs> Uh, I don't like it. Yuck. 
But I had a little bit on um, shows or movies that I saw, like, as a little kid that I shouldn't have seen that ended up scaring me pretty bad, if that counts. Yeah, that counts. My grandpa loved sci-fi and stuff like that, and so... When I got older, that was definitely a point of interest that we shared. But as a kid, I don't know if he understood what was always appropriate for, like, a five-year-old to see. And so I remember one time he was watching Aliens, and the only part of the movie I saw was the part, I think it's towards the end, where Bishop, who is an android, spoiler alert, uh, gets ripped in half by the Xenomorph Queen, and... You know, he's an android, he looks like a human, and I'm watching this with no context, and so I just see this man ripped in half with, like, not blood, but this somehow more upsetting, like, white milky mixture just, like, shooting out of him in his weird fake organs, and, uh, that goofed me up pretty bad, which I, I did not see the rest of it, but it's just one of those, like, very stark memories I have, and I don't, I wasn't scared of being ripped in half or anything, but it was just a really upsetting thing that I remember very distinctly as a kid. I had a similar experience with Alien, but it was the part where, um, spoiler, the uh, xenomorph baby comes bursting out of uh, what's-his-face's chest while they're eating Chinese food. And, like, I don't know, I think I was so young that I didn't understand that it's because the alien had, like, laid an egg in his stomach. I thought it was the Chinese food, so I was paranoid that eating anything with noodles in it would make you choke, and then an alien would burst out of your stomach. So, for a long time, I didn't eat noodles, but I also went through a phase where I didn't eat cheese for, like, three years as a child, so I... Food stuff really messed with me as a kid. Yeah, it's weird how some of the things, like... Would have stuff that was obviously very scary, but then if you see it as a kid, makes you react in a very different way. Like, I think it was from It, but I honestly have never watched that movie all the way through, because it's not very good. <laughs> but, um... Mm-mm. The book is supposed to be really good, according to Ryan, but... The book is is very good. It's very long, but it is it is very good. Is I think there's a part in the movie, and this is one of those things where I saw it as a kid... And so I could be conflating it with another movie, but I think there's a part where Pennywise comes out of a drain in like a group shower type thing, like in a like a gym, like you would go to mm-hmm. after after gym class. And my parents said I was really scared of clowns when I was little, and I'm sure that probably didn't help. I don't I'm not scared of clowns at all now, but they said that if there was one like outside a store, I would run the other way. But I do remember being scared of just, like, drains and stuff in general. Not so much because of the clown, but just after that, like, was not a big fan of tub drains or shower drains and stuff like that. Like, especially in, like, a stand-up shower, because I'm just like, my head's all the way up here. Who's keeping an eye on this drain on the floor that a clown that may or may not be Pennywise, if memory serves, you know, could be coming out of? And I, I feel like I saw that on TV. I have a really distinct memory of seeing it in my grandparents' bedroom. But I also don't know if that was something that they would show on TV. I just don't know. 
It came on TV because I remember I saw the blood balloon part. Mm, delicious. Mm-hmm. And then the other one that, um, it wasn't an accident that I saw it because I think I've mentioned before, me and my mom would watch X-Files together a lot when I was little. That was kind of like our thing. We would eat candy and watch X-Files and I got to stay up later than my sister Jordan because I got to, I had to stay up and watch it, but she does not like scary stuff. So it's very, very special to me for many reasons. Um, there was one episode of it and I can't, I want to say it was in season four or five and it's one of like a, it's a pretty early episode in the season. Um, but there was an episode called Home, which was the first like tele or televised like primetime TV show episode to ever get an MA rating. And it had like an actual warning beforehand that it was gonna be rough. And, you know, my mom was like, Psh, like, we've watched tons of X-Files. There's been lots of scary stuff up to this point. We'll be fine. I'm an adult. Taylor is Taylor. We're fine. And uh, we were not fine. My mom probably could have watched the whole rest of it, but the, we got to one part in it and I was just like, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> and we shut it off and I didn't watch it again until I was an adult when I was no longer scared of it. But it's just like a Monster of the Week episode. It's not even one that is like a part of the major plot, but it's Mulder and Scully go to this town where some kids found like a baby that had been buried in a field and it has a lot of um, deformities and birth defects and stuff. And it comes to light that this baby came from the Peacock family who is this kind of hillbilly kind of family that lives near the town but is very reclusive and everyone makes jokes about how they they breed using their own stock and stuff in breeding. Lovely. Yeah. So, but it's supposed to be, it's just the three boys, like there's three brothers and they are like, well, how could they have gotten a baby if it's just the three brothers and they are like, oh, obviously someone, you know, they must have a woman or someone kidnapped there that they're, you know, forcing to have babies. And so they get a warrant together and are going to go serve it to them. But when they get there, I guess the house is empty. I haven't watched it in a minute, but they get there and the house is empty, I think. And so the sheriff of the town and his wife are at their house and the brothers show up and beat them to death like with baseball bats but it's a it's very brutal and it definitely added to my weird fear of like hiding under a bed and seeing feet walk around and like knowing they're gonna get you and like uh but it was just it was very violent and the whole time they're playing a cover of a Johnny Mathis song I think called like wonderful or something it's like the same guy that's saying we need a little Christmas now yeah and it, but so it's like this very happy song and it's playing while this family is being like beaten and you feel bad because like you've kind of gotten to know them during the episode and my mom at that point I think was kind of like maybe we should turn it off and I was like no I can do it I can do it I'm not gonna sleep for a few weeks but I can do it <laughs> it's fine it's fine <laughs> but they uh they get to they go to the house the next day because they're like obviously the brothers did this and so in addition to, you know, possibly imprisoning someone, now they're trying to serve them like a murder warrant. But they go to the house 
it's all like booby trapped. The deputy guy they go with gets his head chopped off, like just by answering the door. Very saw esque. The house, yeah, it's like the house is is nasty, and they they go upstairs. And this was where I just was like, okay, I'm out. See you later. They they walk around the house, and they're upstairs. I think in a bedroom. And they see these kind of lines, like, scratched into the ground next to the bed that look kind of like wheel tracks. And they reach under the bed, and they pull it out, and it's the mom who has been breeding with her sons. But she is so, like, grotesque-looking, and she's like a quadruple amputee. And she's got, like, I don't know, but, like, just the way they shine the light on her and she's underneath and she's just screaming, I was like, I'm done, I'm done, I'm, like, 12 and I'm done, I'm done. And I just was, that was it. And they never showed it on TV until, like, a few years later when they were doing some kind of marathon. And it just, like, I can watch it now and not blink an eye. I feel like... There's so much gorier stuff in, like, you know, in American horror story things now, but yeah, that was the first time when I was just like, I'll see you later. I love you, X-Files, <laughs> but I'm, I'm out till next Sunday. I'll see ya. I hope nothing plot relevant happens in this episode, because I am never going to watch this again. Sorry. <laughs> Bye. But... But yeah, like, I guess I got desensitized because then I watched it as an adult and was, you know, really worried about it, but it, uh, I was okay. It's it's still, it's still not a, a pleasant episode whatsoever, but there's so much out there now that I think it's kind of, it's on par, but for the, like, mid-1990s, early 1990s, it was, uh, pretty, pretty rough. Yeah, that sounds pretty rough. Mm-hmm. <sighs> The only other recommendation I have, which isn't really creepy, I think it's very relaxing, but Taylor hates it with a fiery passion, is The Wind in the Willows. Uh. I want, it's on YouTube. If you guys want to watch an episode, I think it's super comfy. Like, all they do is like make jam and talk about like Toad getting into trouble. I love it. Taylor hates stop animation, so she thinks it's creepy. And not gonna lie, it is a little like weird because it's from the 80s and the stop animation is like i don't know but i love it so if you guys watch it let me know if you love it or if you hate it and i have a feeling most people will hate it but mm. whatever i have it on dvd i don't give a shit <laughs> i can watch it whenever i want fuck you guys <laughs> i had a couple other ones that were like uh animated movies that i watched when i was little that I really like, that I think are still really popular with, well, not super popular, but a lot of little kids probably watched, probably more than, like, Return to Oz or yeah. other stuff that are kind of creepy, but um, I had on there uh, All Dogs Go to Heaven. Oh, yeah, that's dark. I know, which, it never scared me as a little kid, but if you rewatch it now, uh, I mean, Charlie goes to hell. <laughs> yep, yep. And it's not like... I'm a devil with a pitchfork, and I'm gonna poke you, nope. and it's hot. It's like, I'm in a lake of fire, and I'm a hell demon, and I'm going to pull on your face, your delicate dog face, and there's skeletons being, like, engulfed in magma, and oof. You can never come back. Yep. 
And then at the very end, it comes. It basically implies that like he was in hell again, but he gets to come back to like say bye to to Marie. But then somehow he defeats the giant Satan monster and it like explodes. But you know, it's just not every day you get to see like a pretty gruesome depiction of hell in a movie about doggies. Yeah, that movie. Uh, it's it's kind of fucked up. But um, I had Bambi on there. Which instilled a very real fear of my mother dying when I was little. Because I had already started to notice that the moms always die or are never there. And I was like, Mom, how long do I have before you die? And she's like, oh, that's not how that works. And I'm like, are you sure? Are you sure? Disney says it is. I am a learned Disney scholar. And I can tell you, your days are numbered. <laughs> but other than that, I don't think there was anything that scary in Bambi. Just, you know parent death and then the other one was another uh like accidental rental my mom i'd sent her out for mighty ducks and she came back with little nemo oh yeah little nemo <laughs> which i love little nemo so i am glad that there was a i think i'm i wouldn't say it's a mix-up i don't think she saw it and thought little nemo was the mighty ducks but <laughs> had you already seen it at my house at that point um i didn't remember it because i she rented it for me God, we were in our house, the house I lived at in kindergarten, so it must have been around the same time. I just remember she showed up with it, and I was like, what is this? And she's like, oh, it's about a little boy, and he goes on an adventure, or whatever it says on the back of the box, because I don't think my mom had seen it. Mm-mm. That one was really good, except for the Nightmare King, who's just, you know, one of those, I don't know, the Nightmare King, you got trains, got some some good fear of trains, like, breaking into your house. Your house filling mm-hmm. with water, being adrift, all of your yep. friends being possibly dead, goblins, yep, stingrays. Mm-hmm. It's just it's a it's a veritable buffet of things for kids to be scared of. <laughs> literal nightmare fuel. It's a rough movie. Yep, literal nightmare fuel. Yeah, uh, that that movie, I loved so much that I wanted baby Taylor to see it when she came over to my house in what? Is that kindergarten or first grade? Uh, it must have been kindergarten because we we didn't go to... I went to Copeland. You went to Beast. That's right. Yeah, so we, we were in the same district for kindergarten and then we got split up until middle school. Yep. Yep. You came over, broke all my dollhouse furniture, watched Little Nemo, and then went home. I was a brute. It's okay. We're here now. It worked out. <laughs> But no, that was a good one. I wish that they would do, like, a midnight showing of that one. I always try to recommend it whenever we go, and they're like, anybody got suggestions? And I'm like, Alien! Lil Debo. Other than that, girl, any suggestions? (laughs) Please, somebody else talk to me. I'm sick of talking to this woman. I was so excited when they played Blade Runner. I know. They played it again last weekend, I think. Ooh. I know, they do it kind of regularly now. I think since the the new movie's going to be coming out, they're trying to drum up support for it. That's good. I'm really worried it's going to be bad. Yeah, I mean, I think it'll probably be beautiful, but, you, you know. We'll just mute it. It'll be fine. <laughs> beauty, beauty isn't everything. We'll see. I want them to have the same guy. Was it Vangelis? Vangelis? Do the music again? Ooh, yeah. That would be nice. That would be nice. But that was most of the stuff I could think of. I was kind of trying to see if in any of these things, like, inspired the things I was actually really afraid of when I was little. Like, my two biggest fears when I was a little kid 
were my house burning down and uh, um, the sun going out, which unfortunately it was just one of those things like they taught us about in school. And like, I'm sure they thought like briefly mentioning that one day the sun will go out would not send me spiraling, but it did. And even though they were like, it's not going to be for like, literally, you know, you will already be dead. And I was like, that's fine. You can lie to me if you want, but sun's going out tomorrow and I'm not ready. What were my biggest fears? My biggest fears were my grandpa dying. Uh, I used to have like tons of nightmares about that and choking to death. See, these are like, okay, the sun dying is probably not plausible, but I feel like these other ones are stuff that like it could actually happen. Mm-hmm. Make a movie about that, and then you'll have the kitties scared. Maybe that's why you loved Hug a Bunch so much. I hated Hug a Bunch. I saw it once. I saw it once, and it made that big of an impression on me that twenty something years later, I'm telling people to scare themselves with it. <laughs> uh, that's what happens when you bring firefighters into elementary schools to teach children to have an escape plan for getting out of their house. I felt like I was like, I need a rope. I need a rope to get out of my, my bedroom. That's what I want for Christmas. I want a rope ladder <laughs> I can throw out of my window so I can escape when our house burns down. I stopped eating noodles and string cheese or any kind of cheese that would be melty, so I I can't really judge. Where did the melty cheese fear come from? I choked on a cheese stick, like a fried cheese stick at a Chili's in the Galleria at like christmas time and i guess it i didn't chew it well enough and so it like slipped down my throat and it was just that big like you know striggy cheese and my dad had to like dive over the table and flip me upside down and shake me because the heimlich wasn't working i don't know it was traumatic and so after that i was like i'm never eating cheese i'm never eating noodles i'm never eating just anything that i could choke on and that's why becca's scared of the galleria and christmas Yep. And choking. Yep. Becca's three worst fears. Mm-hmm. I'm not afraid of any of those things anymore. <laughs> I mean, a little bit choking, but... Yeah, I always have, like, a minute when I'm swallowing something, and I'm just like, is part of this still in my mouth? Is this connected to something that's still in my mouth? If it's got, like, like noodles, anything with, like, a skin on it, eating a piece of chicken. I have it where I'm like, is this gonna be the embarrassing thing that you, like, choke on and die over? And people are like, she was eating... Uh, I don't know, something stupid. Peanut butter banana sandwich. Yeah, and she choked to death on it. You wouldn't think she could, but she did. I want to know who this kind of, like, old-timey announcer guy doing your obit is. Um, the guy that I'm going to hire to, like, come to all of your houses and tell you that I'm dead. Oh no, instead of, like, a telegram. Mm Mm-hmm. Hello, Taylor. (laughs) Becca's best good friend. Will you be dressed like the Grim Reaper? Yep. Dang. I've thought of it all. You thought of everything. Yep. Anyways, what are we going to talk about next week, you think? I don't know. We've got lots of stuff. I'm bad at this section because I we literally have so many things. I do like the found footage idea. I think that one would be good. Thank you, Tree. That was a good one. Yeah, that one I started looking up because I thought of all this stuff, the classics, and then I started thinking of all of the found footage stuff I've ever watched, and I was like, this could potentially be a very, very long episode. We can we can trim it to, like, recommendations that aren't really worth, like, going into, and then we can do ones that are actually, like, 
good or spooky or whatever. Because dang, there are a lot. Yeah, there's a lot. But yeah, we've got lots of stuff going. If you want to hear more of us talking, um, we are both in a RPG podcast where we play a tabletop RPG game uh, in Ma- the Mass Effect universe. My boyfriend Ryan GMs it, and I edit it, and Taylor's in it, and I'm also in it. And you can find it at RPG Friends Club on YouTube or iTunes or Twitter or Podbean. Yep. That's my plug. We have many, many sides. We're multifaceted. We're like spooky stuff, like sci-fi stuff. That's it. Yeah, that's that. That's all. <laughs> if you want to listen to more of this podcast, if you're not all caught up, um, we're on iTunes, we're on Podbean. Uh, we put up episodes on YouTube if that's easier for you to listen to. And you can find all those at Ghost Emoji. Uh, if you want to tweet at us, either just to say hello and let us know that you're listening, or to give us suggestions, or just anything. We always like to hear from people. You can find us at Ghost Emoji Show. Someone keeps up with that. It's either me or Becca, or a ghost, or my cat. It's not me. It's Elvira. Elvira does it. There she goes. But yeah, so just tweet at us. Uh, like, review, comment, and give us give us some reviews on on iTunes. We know you're there. Someone's listening. Don't hide. Don't hide. Well, until next time. Stay spooky. Bye. Bye.